0: You're listening to the Brand Interrupted Podcast, a show for the creative entrepreneur, the radiant leaders, and the rebels at heart. If you're ready to get radically visible, use your voice and take up space, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Brittany Hammond, filmmaker, story mentor, and serial entrepreneur. Brand Interrupted means liberating yourself from the conditioning and discerning the many contradictory voices of society family, friends, media, coaches, gurus, anyone or thing that has fit you into a box of checkmarks and labels, and instead coming back home to yourself. In this podcast, we are all about appointing yourself as the authority and leader of your life. Embrace yourself unconditionally, strip down to your white hot truth, cultivate self-trust and awaken your confidence within so that you can be your true expression in the world, in your life, your relationships, and your business. Ready for some real, raw, and unfiltered conversations? I'll see you on the other side.
1: We are live! Oh, this is so exciting. (laughs) Hello, everyone. As I jump here into Brittany's group, I want to introduce myself. My name is Stephanie Carlin. I am an artist, singer-songwriter, CEO of Free Spirits Music, a songwriting school, and the founder of the Women's Collective. And it is like the passion of my life to support female entrepreneurs in ending their self betrayal Mm. and building businesses out of their soul's purpose, not some strategy or some manipulation, but like really the most profound alignment with who you really are. Mm. So I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah,
0: I'm so happy. So I'm going to introduce this as we are recording a live podcast episode of season five of the Brand Interrupted podcast. And I know the season four had raving reviews, and you all have been asking me, when is season five coming out? So this is like the kickoff recording session, Woo-hoo. and I wanted to just say something super quick on that, Steph, because I'm calling you Steph. That's cool, right? I love Steph. <laughs> because we had had a conversation, it was last July, and it's actually when I started this, this Facebook community. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but I was talking about how I... <laughs> I really, one, wanted to create a Facebook group and a community, um, but also that I really wanted to help people reclaim their voice. And I remember, yes, I remember. (laughs) remember. And like, I never told you this, but it really, it stayed with me. And I just remembered, I was like that one person believed in me. So I'm going to go for it. (laughs) And so I just wanted to share that, um, because it was so profound and, um, what we're here to talk about today is really trusting yourself and doing the things you want to do in business that light your soul on fire and that just really feel in alignment. So why don't you give us like a, Oh no, you already introd yourself. That's when I was sharing it into the group. Okay. Let me dive into my first question. How has In your view, the wave of personal development and mentorship taken us away from trusting ourselves.
1: Are we back? (laughs) You are going to have to repeat that question because (laughs) you you guys know how Zoom is in those important moments. It decides to go grab a cup of coffee. So Brittany, that that first half sounded so good. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, okay. I'm going to do the whole dramatic thing all over again. So
0: please, I want it. On this topic of like going from self-betrayal to self-trust, in your opinion, like, and you can agree or not agree, but what is your opinion on how the wave of like personal development and mentorship can in some ways take us away from our self-trust when we're like, putting someone else on a pedestal and not um, trusting ourselves.
1: I mean, that was the majority of most of my life was putting, I can only speak from my, my personal experience. Right. Um, I mean, ever since I was 18 and wanting to uh, leave my senior year high school three hours early and convincing my, my principal that I really need to leave high school three hours early to go record my first album and I got him to do it and I went and I, I got on the railroad in New York and went two hours to the city and two hours back every single day to go record my record and even right there I can't I remember just handing all of my power completely over to whatever um gross music industry broseph told me was the right way to get known and famous in the music industry Mm -hmm. and i did this for about eight years and eight years later i still didn't have the music career i wanted in fact i didn't even know what i wanted because i'd been so brainwashed into believing like what everyone else wanted with like viral streams or viral videos or touring this way or touring that way like that was what success was and it took a real it took a lot of energy work and a lot of sobering conversations to just finally get straight like i didn't even know what success looked like Um, i had been like climbing towards fame but like fame actually repulsed me and doing the agonizing work of relearning myself so when it comes to the world of self-development gurus they're powerful they're there for a reason but ultimately i believe in my experience in order to really get into truth which Mm -hmm. is the upper chakras we can only answer that for ourselves
0: yeah Yeah. I, so, and I see that there is about seven of you on here. So just say hello. So we don't feel low everyone. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I really like this thing. This, um, gosh, the word has, I was trying to write it down before I forgot it, but like the agonizing process of like kind of learning who you are. And I really do believe that we, we all have those answers within us. And I think that we get like, Pulled away from ourselves when we're following a mentorship, that it's not against the mentorship, but sometimes it's like our soul always knows what is the best path for us. And when we're not trusting that and we're following someone else's like methodology for success, um, we can just get like really entangled in why isn't this working for me?
1: So, and I I also want to say, like, I know. I know I'm talking to your people, so I can go a little woo-woo in this group. And if your auric field, like mine was, my auric field was so open and so sensitive and so empathic, so I would just like cord into whatever people were saying at any given time. If it resonated, i just like plug right into them and tether and then not have the discernment of like when to untether. Yeah. So I'd keep absorbing things like maybe at one point what these people were saying were really great for me, but then at another point it wasn't, but I was locked in unconsciously and it was only in like untethering from many self-development gurus that I could really even figure out what the hell was mine versus someone else's. Does
0: yeah. that make sense? Totally. Just for those watching and listening that aren't familiar, like what is your auric field?
1: yeah so we have this amazing organ called the skin right (laughs) and the skin is our suitcase of the soul and it's all our muscles and bones and blood and all that stuff and it's our suitcase for the soul but then there's also a place where our energetic body ends and it's like you know when you see someone powerful walk into the room and you're just like drawn to them like they've got a really clear clean auric field the energy around them is magnetic you can also feel it when someone's really depressed or angry when they walk in right it's not just the look on their face it's the energy they carry and so that's your auric field that's how i describe your auric field
0: yeah beautiful so what how do you are i know you wanted to talk a little bit about soul contracts so how? I don't, is that like, yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you
1: wanted to talk about. I would love about. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Um, I really want to talk about charging your worth.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I am an expert in not charging my worth. I am an expert. Mm-hmm. You too, girl? Yeah. yeah. Who else here? Give us like a one in the comments. If you're live with us and you don't charge your worth. Because you might be at home listening to this podcast, nodding your head along too. Um, Because my auric field was so open, I just wanted to help people in my first five years as a coach. All I wanted to do was help people. And so I magnetized towards professional development companies that wanted me to help people for no money. And they wanted to give me training in, in exchange for my time. And I loved this at the time. I loved it. I got so much out of it. I got trained. But then there was a point where I got really good. And I really needed to make money as a coach. But I actually couldn't. I had an obsession and a compulsion with either charging nothing or charging a wage that was certainly not livable. And it took everything for a good, like, 16 months in my life to figure out why the hell I couldn't charge a good rate. And I did all the ontological coaching, like thinking about who I'm being moment to moment, right? But then I started to see like, this was actually something from another life. And that's what I wanna talk about today. And if you're listening today, if you find it addicting to undercharge, you might have a soul contract from another life. Um, And I wanna just talk about a few energies you could be holding onto from another time. Yeah. Could we get into that, Brittany?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I want to share like a quick anecdote because I know we're both artists and we're coming from that perspective. And I, I think there's a stigma around like the starving artists. And I didn't believe like, I don't think I ever bought into that growing up. But as I progressed in my career, I realized, oh, I actually love my work so much that I would do it for free so i I actually was playing into that belief, but not in the way that I thought, like that that when you when you hear about it. And um I also had I like I don't consider myself really psychic, but I do have strong intuition. and I had this thought. it was actually last year. It was last um, last May. and <laughs> i I realized that. I think I was like a really like broke and starving artist, like in the 20th century, like, I don't know, dancing at the Moulin Rouge. I live here in Paris. Hey guys. And I, I have this belief that I made a soul contract that when I come back into my next life, we ain't doing that. And so I've gone down, I still have art in my life, but I focus more on business. So I just wanted to share that little, my experience, Um, And I'd love to hear for you, Steph, how that, like how that plays out. And if
1: you, if you have any insights on that. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And you know, when I'm doing energy work with clients, what I'll call that is an overcorrection. So like you made this, you made this vow (laughs) from another life and you're like, oh, fuck, no, we're not doing it this way. Next time we're doing it this other way. Like I'm going to get mine next time. And then in this life, There might have been an overcorrection because you're still tethered to that vow from the past. You're not actually free to choose. It becomes compulsory. That's what I
0: felt. This is what I feel. I felt like I've not had the choice. And when people ask me why I didn't go full time in in performing, I'm like, well, like I don't even have a proper answer. I'm like, well, I just couldn't.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so I. What I want to talk about is like, gosh, how to say it? Like, you know, a hundred years ago, the world was really different. And a hundred years ago ain't that long ago. You know, the the things people would do to make money were being like um, tradesmen or merchants. Mm -hmm. And women really weren't supposed to make money at all. So that's a whole other category. So I want to just go through all the different soul contracts. And the first one I want to talk about is trading hours for dollars, because this comes from the energy of a tradesman. This is what a tradesman would do a hundred years ago. And it's one inauthentic way to gauge your worth, your worth of dollars for hours, right? And we all know this. It's a struggle, almost every entrepreneur, a rite of passage that every entrepreneur has to go through. When's gonna be that moment where you stop trading your hours for dollars? And historically, the tradesmen would only have value or worth on their time. Not them, but their time. Yeah. So that's the first sole contract I'd like you to consider. The second sole contract is believing in what you're selling But not yourself so who listening believes in what you sell but you have a much harder time believing in yourself this is the energy of a merchant and i see this in artists who will like hustle 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 300 days a year on tour but like still be deeply dissatisfied with their lives or with themselves Mm -hmm. and they believe passionately in what they're selling but they don't inherently feel valued themselves so that's the second one. So we have the tradesman and the merchant. So Brittany's raising her hand and she's like, yeah, all of them. Cause I can see, I can see. Yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> yes, we can be all of them. And then let alone add in being a woman, which we're going to get to. That's my bonus one, actually. <laughs> um, the third soul contract you may have is around healing through your business. And we see our healers doing things like donating 100% of their revenue to charities while they themselves cannot afford to pay their bills. And there are subconscious oaths and vows to poverty in order to really be a service to God and do your work on this, on this lot in this life. Or you might have some beliefs that money corrupts and you can't do your best work if you're wealthy. And when I'm in physical healings, with people who deal with this, Um, where I am instantly gravitated towards is the adrenal system and the endocrine system. And it's kind of like joked about in the healing community that healer's disease lives in the adrenals because you just get so burnt out from serving, serving, serving. Freddie's raising her hand for those on the podcast. I'm serving, serving, serving. And you just don't know why, right? So we call this healer's disease because you just have to take care of everyone before yourself. So I have a feeling this is resonating for everyone. Mm -hmm. Then our fourth soul contract is indentured servitude or slavery. And it's being enslaved to your business. So do you take care of your clients or your family before taking care of yourself? You know, servants were the house cleaners, the ones that cook, the ones that tend to the life of someone else. And if my role is to be of service to someone else's life, I might just be consumed with their life and forget about mine. This was a big one for me. Yeah. This was really big. And we we cannot talk about soul contracts with money in other lives without talking about being a woman. Yeah. Because historically, women just didn't work. And a hundred years ago, if a woman had any societal value, she had no money to herself. A woman was not allowed to be a healer, a merchant, a tradesman. A woman's worth was always based off of what relationship can you have? Can you carry a kid? Are you gorgeous? Do you carry yourself in society? And, you know, if if you didn't have that, maybe you were a prostitute. So that's some shit. Yeah. That's some shit to carry over to this life as we are women entrepreneurs. And when I learned this wisdom of all these soul contracts we carried, it was, it just became a no brainer why us women entrepreneurs have had to like kind of trudge through sludge and muck to find our worth.
0: Yeah. I want to share really quickly on that because the, I wasn't going to say this, but now that it's come up, I when i also had this realization last may i i don't know sometimes i get past life flashes it's kind of weird and i just like was like i think i was a prostitute and i realized i have so much guilt over receiving money in this life and i also was wondering i wonder like if that's connected because there was like the shame around receiving money for that sense but in my past life and this memory i had is that I loved receiving the money and I loved what I was doing. So I've had a lot of shame, money shame come into this life around receiving and being compensated for my gifts that are not sexual in this life. But,
1: <laughs> but it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes so much sense. Of course, there'd be shame around that, especially if you were like, oh, hell no, we're not carrying that shit over into this life we're gonna be different in this life but there are still these energetic tethers yeah to all that other stuff yeah
0: so so what do you say to the person and you know this could be myself as well but I had done so much money mindset work and I felt like it never spoke to me like I was like I know how to manage money like I know the basic practical money stuff but what do you say to the woman who like keeps like does all the work, does all the courses, the programs, reads the books, whatever, like how does she get
1: unstuck? Yeah, so I'd say a lot of things. Let's talk about the payoff of being stuck and what we get out of being stuck. Mm. You know, our indecision or our stuckness serves a beautiful purpose. We are completely let off the hook for being responsible for what could happen should that block not be there i mean i see these blocks in like as like a visual grid right so like if you are reliably stuck with money i see it as this thing that we could move out of the way but there is a reason why it's there It may not be your choice, but there's a reason, right? And a soul contract could be one of the reasons, but it's probably protecting you Mm. from something. And there are a couple beliefs I actually want to share around money that could be protecting you from. Maybe there's pride in having to hustle. And if you had a lot of money, it would, it would, um, thwart your pride or risk your pride. Um, Maybe you have a moral system that rich people are run by greed. So if you are rich, you might be greedy or evil or bad. And so it's protecting you from being evil, greedy or bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you actually want someone else's life and all that hustle and grind is to go get someone else's life but you can't have that life and so there are these subconscious ways protecting you from merging into that other person forcing you to become your own person see every stop we have is there for a reason that is i am convicted of that because in every healing session i have we always discover the reason or oh here's a good one if your spouse Your spouse might be against your manifestations. So in order to actually, if you were to be rich and you are with someone who's really against your manifestations, that's going to cause a problem in your relationship. And so we protect ourselves from not being rich to preserve the marriage. So it goes on and on and on. But square one action step is to trust that it is there for a reason and to stop resisting it. Because you are the creator of your life. You're the creator of your reality, even with the stuff you don't like.
0: Yeah, I heard recently that like we before we um, become incarnated into life, we choose like we choose our challenges. Like we choose everything we're gonna go through to like strengthen us. and then when we get in when we're born, we forget everything. And so we spend our life like basically remembering like, oh, you wanted this challenge. Oh, you wanted this growth. What are your
1: thoughts on that? I gotta say, blessed is the gift of forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I have had some memories of other lives. Once I weeded through enough shit in this life, I started to get a lot easier to access the past life stuff. And, you know, we all died in our in our other lives. And it might not have been pretty. And it certainly wasn't for me in some of the past live readings that I've channeled for myself. And I am just so grateful that we can forget in this life because imagine being downloaded with all the information from all of your lives. I'm pretty sure my soul's like at least 4,000 years old. That's a lot of fucking lives. Wow. That is way too much, way too much for my feeble brain to comprehend. So I just say, blessed is the gift of forgetting. And we can remember in good time. (laughs) So what do you say
0: then to the person who feels like a prisoner of their soul contract? Like you kind of mentioned this earlier, but this like, this feeling of like, you You like you chose this, like it's meant for you, but then you also are like, "Well, I don't want this life or I want something else like how do i how do I burn this contract?
1: <laughs> yeah, first step is trusting that it could be complete. I think a lot of us are attached to this outdated notion that it has to take a long time to heal. yeah, and I think that's really part of the old paradigm, and that's not part of the new paradigm of like, if you're facing future, future forward, I don't know if you've noticed, but things happen really fast right now, (laughs) faster than ever. And the same goes for us being able to call our healing complete. At least that's what I've witnessed. And that's what I believe. And we have to give ourselves permission to daydream. That's how new realities emerge. Daydreaming is the most important indulgence to creating any vision And some of us were allowed to use our imaginations as children and some of us were not, but it's really about desire. And I want to relate it to each chakra because it's it's related to our sexual chakra where desire lives and then channeling truth through your crown chakra to speak a vision through your throat chakra and then visualize the future through your third eye to create the wealth, abundance, and stability in your base chakra that leads to a better world for all. And vision is not just about imagining something. I'm talking about like visualizing it with all your senses. And can you place yourself inside that vision? Because you can only imagine something so much greater than you ever thought possible inside a daydream. Yeah. And when you speak this, you create personal integrity that's rooted in truth. And it just stops feeling so hard.
0: Mm, Yeah. I love that. So if someone... Or I mean, even you—have you ever felt really stuck on your vision? Like, I know you talked about daydreaming, but like, what about for the woman who like is censoring herself, or like doesn't even want to dare to dream because she feels like if she does, like it's it's never going to happen for her, anyways?
1: Oh my God, let me tell you, Brittany, about me. Um, before COVID, I could not get on a Facebook Live. I was so scared. I have performed probably close to 800 shows in front of thousands of people in stadiums and clubs and bars and all sorts of stuff as a musician. And I would put my finger over the live button and become deaf, dumb, stupid. I'd forget everything to say. Meanwhile, you can't get me to shut up on a one-on-one call. Yeah. Or in person and so i this was a real personal crisis for me because i knew i've been coaching for a decade i've been healing people it's really time for me to be doing lives and being in the online space especially when COVID hit and so i had to go to work on this and figure out why am i literally muted every time i want to do a live? why i started sweating like heart palpitations like fucking everything and so i went to a healer because i could not get to this on my own. And I shared what was happening. And I said, you know, I think I was burned at the stake in another life for speaking truth. I think like I was really, really killed for speaking truth. And she burst out laughing, which, you know, I was already so insecure. I was so annoyed. She started laughing, but she said, Oh, honey, this goes back way farther than the time you were burned at stake, (laughs) Wow, which totally freaked me out. But you know, then we went into a healing and sure enough, she got to this life that was like thousands of years old where I was this healer in this town and everyone loved me, but I couldn't perform one healing. I had this goiter on my throat and I couldn't perform this one healing and the town got so freaked out by this goiter. They had never seen a goiter. So instead of helping me, they threw me like in a dungeon. Wow. because they thought i was like possessed or like they just never seen this before but i knew i could i just needed some help to help me do the surgery and i could heal it but i died in this oh. in this um dungeon cavern thing yeah and let me let me just say that at the time i also had a sore throat and oh. i also wanted some healings on the sore throat too when i got this healing and so we did we released this life where i was betrayed by everyone where i had healed this entire town and then they betrayed me and I woke up the next day, and my sore throat was completely healed, which just amazed me. Mm-hmm. And then I did my first live the next day. And of course, the throat is the energy of our throat chakra and speaking truth too. And so there were a couple other lives I had to weed weed through uh, before I could do a face like a, a real Facebook live where I wasn't terrified. But I say all of this just to say, that I found the reason. I found the reason why I was comp- had this compulsion to sweat and be terrified. There was a real reason for my terror, but I unlocked myself in this life from that, called it complete, and was able to face the, the future.
0: So I have a really similar story. And then like people don't believe me when I say I actually never go live. (laughs) Again, actually, this is like when we were working um, last summer in that program, like even opening a Facebook group was the most terrifying thing of my life. And no one understands or believes me because I was a performer my whole life. I have no problem going on stage. I have no problem being on the camera, but I cannot go live. I know we're live right now but going even now going live by myself. So how come that showed up on the context
1: of Facebook but not as a, like as a musician or performing artist? You know, it's funny you say that because what I realized through all this healing is that it actually did. I would mute and diminish the impact I had in person over time and I think a lot of artists might do this where I would like protect myself just in case there weren't enough people in the audience I'd say well it doesn't really matter that much anyway and I'm just going to go out there and do my thing or whatever and I would mute the intention of my art and of my music to protect myself from like a perceived failure like the failure of not having really made the impact I want to make because my true integrity is like, like when I show up and I speak, we're going to alter something together and elevate because I'm in service of truth. Mm -hmm. And what I saw through all these healings was that I had actually betrayed myself in the last few years of performing because I would protect myself by muting my intention and say, well, it doesn't really matter that much anyway. Right. And I got to clean all that up too. And create a whole new context for my personal integrity saying like, Oh my God, there are like seven people live with us here. Like that is so awesome. Yeah. And I can finally be connected to you guys. I'm, I'm truly so happy you're here. But the me a couple of years ago would have called this a bust. Would have said, well, there's not, there's not 4,000 people here. So that's yeah. a failure when actually we can, we can dive into so much granular shit when it's just us right here. And it lights me up and we could do something else with 4,000 people. So my contexts and my intentions have radically altered, which have made the difference for me. Does, does that,
0: does that resonate? Uh, no, I mean, it makes sense. And it just makes me think like on that topic. Cause I think it's like, I, you know, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but as any performer, like you hope that it, you, 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 you kind of expect there's going to be an audience there, right? Like I've never played to an empty stage, but, um, for me, it felt like on Facebook, like this sounds so ridiculous, but I know there's people secretly thinking that they feel the same way. And it's someone leaving a Facebook live is, is as though I was on stage and they're getting up out of the audience and walking out of the theater. Like that's how much it hurt. <laughs> Which is why I would never go live because I was like, well, I'm not going to like bare my soul and be vulnerable and share my teachings and whatever if it's not in this like, you know, as like even the, uh, what do you call it? The, I actually don't know the word in English, but I guess the translation would be like the the contract, with the-, the contract with the viewer. Like you would just never like get up in the middle of a show. Well, you could, but um, yeah, it just feels like insulting and hurtful. So I didn't want, I only wanted to show up in a way where I know that I have like a fully engaged audience. Um, so this is like really interesting that, that you're, that you're bringing this up. And I know that like my audience will resonate because I, I always say like, it's not about the vanity metrics, especially on Facebook where we have no control of the algorithms. Um, we just don't, like, we just have to show up and, and be
1: ourselves and do our thing, so. And what highway robbery would it be if you had decided, it's not worth it, I'm just not gonna show up, <laughs> and then all these lives don't get to be impacted? Like, there's robbery to it. There's such an impact to not dealing with ourselves, and that's what I offer to you if you're listening today. There is a real impact, Like, like, people actually need Your support, like every car commercial says, now more than ever. But, like, really, like, now more than ever, people really need what you have. And if you are still out there indulging in your petty anxieties and worries and not getting tenacious about dealing with them, you want to get that, like, those lives don't get to have you and the value and worth you truly have. Like, it's time to reckon with that for yourself. And that's what I wanna do actually um, in this next part of of our time together is do a really quick seven minute visualization to call some of these tethers complete and untether them. Can we do that, Brittany? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I wanna just talk about this visualization because a lot of people think they need to spend a long time in meditation in order to make anything happen. You have to show up every day. And while all that's true, This is a powerful healing called a theta healing. And I want to tell you about what makes it so special. The theta state is a very deep state of relaxation. It's the state used in hypnosis. And in theta brainwaves slow to a frequency of four to seven cycles per second. And this is the brainwave that sages will meditate for hours to reach. Mm. My teacher, Vianna, uh, has figured out this quick hypnosis to just connect you and lock you in. And that's what I'm going to share with you now. And theta brainwaves can be thought of as the subconscious. They govern the parts of our mind that are layered between the conscious and unconscious, and they hold memories from this life and others. And I've seen time and time again, that this theta state allows us to act below the level of the conscious mind. So, you know, if you can remember, if you were, if you are the energy of the tradesman, the merchant, the healer, all of them, Mm. I'm gonna really like bring that back into your mind's eye so that we can call it complete now. No longer trading hours for dollars. No longer believing in what you're selling, but not yourself. No longer burning yourself out as a healer through your business or being enslaved to your business. And certainly no more of the shit that like a woman is worth less. Yeah. So shall we do this? Yeah. Awesome. Great, great, great. Um,
0: I, so for those of you listening, if you're driving,
1: Oh yeah. Please don't do this. If you're driving, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) pull over, (laughs) but you certainly can listen with your eyes open and just tap into this frequency. Um, if you are At home, I would love for you to just take a seat, maybe turn your phone on airplane mode for these few minutes and ground yourself. And like, this is also part of reclaiming your worth is like allowing yourself seven minutes to do an instant healing and to trust in an instant healing. But if you're driving, you can still ride these vibes. Just don't close your eyes, but I know you know that. Yeah. And I just want to say like, I've done a lot
0: of theta healing before and this work is so, so powerful. Like kind of like what you're saying. I think people like think and believe that healing has to be so hard and long. Like it doesn't. Even doing a theta meditation every day can like
1: radically shift and change your life. So excited to dive into this. Brittany and I actually met working with a theta healer. Yeah. That was how we we met. Yeah. (laughs) So, trust that this healing can be complete and easy. And what I'd like you to do is close your eyes and bear witness. That is how our healings happen, is through bearing witness. Witness a beautiful white light in the center of your chest. And you are in this white light. And now I want you to imagine this white light smiling through your heart as it goes down, wrapping around your hips, going down below your thighs. And this white light spills out into your knees, wrapping around your ankles and spilling out between all 10 of your toes. And you see these roots of pearlescent white light shoot out of the soles of your feet and they go down, down below the room you're in, down below the foundation of the building, deep, deep, deep into the innermost core of the earth, Mother Gaia. And coming right back up just as quickly as you came, bringing only good energy with you now, you come up, up through the dirt, up through the foundation of this building, up through the floorboards, up into the room, and you go back up into the soles of your feet. And you're going up, wrapping around your ankles, wrapping around your shins. You're going up above your knees, up above your hips. And every cell you touch gets kissed with this unconditional love energy, this pearlescent white light energy. And you're going up above your sacral chakra, flooding your belly with this light. Up above your heart, flooding your heart with this light. Up above your throat, flooding your throat with this light. Up above your third eye, and you feel it tingle and activate as your intuitive senses become awakened. And you go up above your crown chakra, spurting out of the crown of your head, like a beautiful fountain of light and you turn your attention outwards now and you go a little faster as you keep going up, up above the room, up above your home. You keep going up, up, up above the trees. You keep going up. You keep going up past the clouds and the country gets smaller and smaller behind you as you push out of the outermost layer of the earth shooting past the known galaxies into the unknown and you're going faster now through bright lights and dark lights you keep going up, up, up through shades of pink and shades of blue you keep going up past the golden orb of the fifth plane where the ascended masters live, these masters of compassion and love and you keep going up up, up, and you reach this jelly-like substance. And the more you try to push through this jelly-like substance, the easier it becomes to keep going up, up, up. And up ahead, you see a portal. It's a pearlescent white portal. And you keep going up until you become one with this portal. You keep going up until you become one with this white light. You keep really pushing up until you become one with this light, one with creator of all that is, source energy, God. And even as you lock in, you still find yourself going deeper and deeper and deeper until you and source are one. You and source are above the law of time, above the law of space where instant healings happen. And to receive this instant healing, you just speak it in your mind's eye in partnership with Creator. So the first download to give you is, would you like to know that you are allowed to receive an instant healing, that it's safe and possible to trust an instant healing, and oh, that you are more than worthy of an instant healing? You say yes in your mind's eye. And you witness that rain down on you. And now we're gonna say a prayer. And follow this prayer with me in your mind. I already know that there is plenty of money and there is always more. So creator of all that is, it has requested a blessing on my services and finances, that every dollar I spend returns to me tenfold, that I connect with those who are most compatible with me in the highest and best way, that I know how to live without trading hours for dollars, being enslaved to my business, This is finished and complete and sent up to the light. That I know that it's safe and possible to live without trading hours for dollars or being enslaved to my business. That this is finished and complete and sent up to the light. And that those needing my services or products find me effortlessly, that they are in my life now. Thank you, creator. It is done, it is done, it is done, and so it is. And now you just witness those soul contracts being untethered, uncorded, and sent up to the light. You witness them coming off your auric field. You witness them, maybe they're in a DNA helix, and they just start lifting off your body. And you know how to trust that this instant healing is possible, and that it's finished and complete. And when you're ready, you scoop up that white light and bring it right back down. Pull it down through the crown of your head, letting it kiss each chakra as it comes down to the soles of your feet. And then you pull it right back up to your crown. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Ooh. <laughs> Do you feel that, Brittany? Yeah.
0: I kept kind of having, like, visions. I I just, I don't know if you ever, like, go back to the same decade every time, but, I I, or maybe I'm just working through it right now, but there's something about, like, the turn of the 20th century, and I just keep going back there. And um, the the merchant and, uh, what was the other one, the first one you said? The tradesman. Uh, Tradesmen, yeah. I feel like those, like, there's something
1: to discover there. I can't wait for you to do some diving into that.
0: Yeah. Call that healing complete. Yeah. I have a quick question around the, um, how this shows up as, like, because I've had to really unravel this, the difference between being, like, a public figure and a leader and a, um why I more so specialize in film, but like as a consultant or a coach, this like notion of like a service provider, like where you're serving (laughs) someone else, like what's the balance between, um, yes, you're providing a service for someone, but I'm, I'm curious for the link between, um, this first archetype that you talked about, like where you're trading
1: hours for dollars. Yeah. It's a great question. And it there's probably not one platitude that can be served up for everyone, but I can tell you what's really made a difference for me. First is knowing where my arc field ends and where another's begins such that I'm not indebted to them because I'm providing a service to them. And that was how I functioned for most of my coaching career, at least the first five years was I'm indebted to you. Like I owe you something because I made this contract with you. Yeah. And I mean, I think clinically people would call it codependency if you want if that's a vibe that resonates more with our <laughs> listeners. But for me, that didn't resonate with me. That made me feel like there was something wrong with me that I needed to fix. And when I could bring it back into truth and back into my field and say, Oh my gosh, okay, I am like corded into all these people who I have made contracts with. Like I'm I'm their coach, I'm their service provider or I'm their producer. Yeah. And just realized that like those contracts were supposed to serve me as much as they serve them. But I had no clue what I even wanted because I was so open. Right. And I would just be receiving everyone else's demands and just want to please them unconsciously. But once I could separate my field and say, what do I need in these situations? What are my boundaries? What are my limits? Well, then I started upsetting a lot of people in that transition because I was becoming a new version of myself and the people who wanted the old contracts weren't that happy. And so I had to actually find a new group of people to serve in many ways as I made these contracts, these new contracts with people.
0: This is really interesting. And it's even more interesting that this conversation is coming up because I've had this belief I've had to work through, around when people pay me then they own me like then i don't have free yeah. t- i have to do everything for them and it's only in the past like maybe 6 6 months to a year where i'm like no i have boundaries i don't have to like it doesn't mean i'm a slave to them or i owe them everything and i you know as we're talking about these soul contracts because it's like i don't have any experience like that in this life like so it's really interesting to link that back to like where does that belief come from like how does that hinder you and it really does show up in my business sometimes. Well, not so much anymore because I've worked through it. But you know, you won't take on the work. You won't promote yourself. You won't do the the business actions to grow your business because you have these things. This is, this is kind of what you were saying earlier. Of like, well, what would happen if I was really successful? What would that actually
1: mean? What would take? What would be taken away <laughs> from me? And and here's the cool thing about the way you're discerning it is, you know, we could in any second, just write this shit off as like totally woo and like not practical and not really tangible, but what you're seeing is that you feel it. And that's how you discern truth. It's not in the intellectual mind, it's like you feel it and you can feel these tethers from these, this old life. And while they don't make any any sense in this life, when you hear about your these other lives you could have had, it just locks in as truth and you trust that feeling. regardless of what the intellectual mind might want to convince you of yeah very cool so true so I know
0: we're coming up to time here but you have a fabulous five-day
1: challenge trust trust yourself is that what it's called that is what it's called and I have spent all of COVID working on this this is like this is the work I've been meant to do in the world. And it's why I'm so excited. And I asked Brittany if I could, you know, be with you guys today, um, was to start sharing this work. What we worked on today is like a drop in the bucket of it because whether we like it or not, uh, a COVID economy is here to stay. And I think you're here because it's also asking you to step up into like, what is your next step? Why are you really here? Who are you meant to serve? And not serve them in some greedy way to just get your own money, but to actually be a contribution to humanity because people need you. So I am doing a five day challenge in my group starting next Monday. I'll be in there for an hour every day. And we are just going to town on how to be an industry trailblazer by being yourself. And, we'll do strategy we'll do all that stuff but it's going to come down to you trusting yourself yeah. and that might make some people upset yeah. and that's okay yeah
0: that's beautiful and that so comes full circle with the very first question i asked or maybe it was the second question around industry leaders pulling us away from what our truth is and how we actually want like what our energetic strategy is so
1: And you and i have vibed on this a lot lately right like i i was so lit up with that quick conversation you and i had where we are shifting from a guru student paradigm yeah to a i am my own guru paradigm yeah what's the access trusting yourself
0: yeah i love it so okay five day challenge in the group we're gonna link it below and in the show notes it's in your Facebook
1: group, right? Just Trust Yourself? Or is there a pop-up group? It's in my Facebook group, which is called Just Trust Yourself. Um, but there's going to be, like, some goodies I'm going to be emailing along the way. So you probably want to sign up through email. Collective.com forward slash challenge. And we'll link to that below. Okay. Perfect. Beautiful.
0: Well, Steph, Stephanie, I want to call you Steph. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting today. And thank you for the viewers and the listeners of the podcast. You guys know on this podcast, I'm always talking about self-trust and intuition and doing things your way and going from self-betrayal to self-trust because that was my story. So (laughs) we would love to hear from you. Come and join Stephanie's challenge starting Monday, August 3rd. And that's a wrap. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brand Interrupted Podcast. I so appreciate you and your time. And to show that appreciation, I wanna give you a free gift. Head over to untamedrevolution.com forward slash gift to get instant access to my free three-part Audaciously You On Camera video series, a step-by-step on how to share your story craft your core message, master your energy, infuse your personality, and boost your charisma on camera so you can amplify your impact with video and turn viewers into dream clients. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, don't forget to head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, bisous from Paris. Ciao, ciao.